UFC featherweight, Billy Quarantillo. What's going on, man? It's it's rough times right now, but um, how are you feeling? Yeah, good, man. Yeah, thanks again for having me. Um, obviously, I was at home uh, not doing anything right now, making dinner. So, yeah, crazy times right now. How's everything going with you? Same old, man. Same old. Trying to do the best I can with, you know, with what we have. So um, let's jump right into it. Your uh, training camp. Were you already in training camp when they decided to lock everything down? Yeah, so I'm still, uh, technically, I'm still in training camp. So um, I've been doing as much as I can. I'm, I'm uh, you know, still scheduled to fight Gavin Tucker uh, April 25th in, in Nebraska. Uh, so, you know, as, as far as I'm concerned, I'm just doing everything I can to, to stay ready to fight. If they, you know, they haven't officially canceled anything yet. So right now I'm just training, do, doing everything I can to, uh, to stay isolated from everyone, but also get ready for a fight. Do you have... Uh... Any coaches coming in or any training partners coming to your house to help you out? There was. I have um, – so I've been able to do mitt work with um, my head striking coach, Dan Rawlings. Uh, luckily, um, you know, he's got his own, like, little, uh, you know, training area, which is, like, isolated. It's at his house. Um, besides that, though, I've had a couple of training partners, like, throughout the last, like, week or so. Uh, but it's definitely not the same as, uh, like, a, like, a normal training camp. I don't really get to see uh, – you know, I don't get all those different looks that we're used to, but, you know, everyone has to deal with it. So we'll see what happens, uh, you know, moving forward. Definitely. Well, what, you know, you must have a lot of extra time for yourself. So what are you doing to fill in those gaps? Yeah, man, like a lot of stuff. Um, luckily, I live in Florida and um, it's it's been beautiful weather out here in Tampa. I know um, my family up north in Buffalo, it's been kind of colder there. So they're kind of stuck inside anyway. Um, but here we've, I've been, uh, honestly, I think my dog loves it. My dog, uh, is enjoying me and my fiance being home a lot more. She, ha she does have to do labor and delivery. She's a nurse, so she does labor and delivery. Um, but, uh, yeah, I've been walking the dog. I've been doing a lot of like mitt work, a lot of, uh, like what we call like Rocky or like jail workouts where we're doing a lot of like push ups, you know, pull ups, run, going for long runs, that kind of stuff. Just basically staying away from people, but still trying to get the work in. Yeah, that's a big advantage. I feel the weather because you can still yep. go outside and and get it, go for a run. Because it is much harder to run in the cold compared to the to the uh, to the warmer yeah. climates. Well, that's what I thought. So, um, my opponent, he's from Canada, but I grew up in <laughs> Buffalo, and so I knew yeah. sometimes that cold weather actually like motivated me. Mm -hmm. I was like, man, it's freezing cold. Like I gotta like you know I'm gonna get after it today. So, you know, some people in the cold weather, uh, you know, he might have a chip on his shoulder. So I need to make sure, like, the warm weather doesn't make me soft. You, you mentioned your fiancé. She works in a, in a hospital, but she must have connections to other people in the, in the field, you know, that work in different parts of the hospital. What are they saying to you? What is she telling you? Yeah, well, they don't, she, um, you know, she's in, like, labor and delivery. So she, they don't, like, specialize in, um, you know, like, virus and disease control. Um, they haven't really had too many cases. They, you know, we've... They, they haven't really tested uh, a ton of the people there, but the ones that they've tested, a lot of them have been negative. So um, it, it's obviously nerve wracking for anyone right now, but luckily they haven't had um, too many cases. Of course, they get worried when someone comes in there with the flu um, or flu-like symptoms. But, you know, right now it's, um, you know, we're used to it. We're used to her having to work through everything. Um, there was a hurricane here two years ago. And we had to basically stay put, and she had to she had to work through all that too. So it's something that we're kind of getting used to now. As a as a healthcare worker, you know, she's always uh, she's always called on. 
Yeah, when I was younger, I lived in Southern Florida near Miami for a year, and uh, and I've never experienced a hurricane in my life. But everybody always talked about hurricanes, but it almost seemed yeah. like they were used to it, though. Yeah, yeah, I've uh, <clears throat> sorry, yeah, I've um, we've we've been through uh, two two technically now that like one really didn't develop, and the one hurricane that came, luckily it didn't it didn't hit us at all. But yeah, they. We knew like the people that have been in Florida for a long time. They're used to hurricane season. You have a real estate license. Is it a good time to buy properties right now? Yeah, you know, honestly, uh, they're so I'm not like I'm not selling people on real estate right now. Um, we yeah. actually, um, me and my fiance are actually closing on a house on Friday, so we're super excited about that. Um, you know, but if I were to tell people, yeah, it is, it, it could be a good time to buy right now because the interest rates are going to go down. So, or, or they have been going down. Um, the, the national government is giving a really good deal on interest rates. So it actually, it might be a good time. Um, a lot of people are, you know, saving their money to, to kind of see how this thing plays out. So, um, we're still excited about getting our house cause we got a good, good, uh, interest rate on it. Um, and, uh, yeah, so, you know, you just gotta read the market sometimes. Sometimes it's, uh, sometimes when these things happen, uh, this is when people make, make a good amount of money, you know, in stocks and real estate and that kind of stuff. Well, congratulations on, uh, buying a home. They, yeah, it's a long time coming, and uh, I was able to put a decent amount of money down on it. So um, I saw an interview with uh, James Krause, and he was talking about you know like investing in real estate, and that's something that I've I've been doing, uh, I've always been doing, and and I've wanted to do with my careers. Take some of that money that I get from like the UFC and put it into into different assets and uh, equity, so that when my career is over, I have something to you know to, to show for it. Yeah, definitely. I feel like th- that is a huge relief off uh, anyone's shoulders to be a homeowner. Yeah, that's um, what I was saying was we're super excited. We've both been uh, renting here in Tampa for the last 10 years. And our, um, you know, the mortgage is going to be pretty similar to what we've been paying in rent anyway. So we're, we're super excited to, to own some property and, um, you know, to keep, uh, keep growing from, you know, from there. Have some stability here in Tampa. Last December, UFC DC, second round triangle choke. You earned your black belt in your UFC debut, which is like a double whammy. Did you sleep uh-huh. with your belt on? Oh uh, yeah, I um that night, yeah, it was in it was definitely in my bed. Um, so Bree and I, my fiance and I, came home, um, after that fight, and uh, it was you know it, it like almost didn't even feel real. It was just like such a a, a special day, and um, a really funny story um, that I haven't really I haven't really told anyone. It was just a funny story that happened. So after after the UFC night, but be, you know best night of my life, um. Throughout that week, we kept seeing Rashad Evans because he was commentating and he was also there helping out with some MMA products. So the night of my fight, I grew up a huge Rashad Evans fan, and he actually grew up um, in a town right outside of my hometown in uh, Western New York. So he grew up in Niagara Wheatfield. I grew up in in Lewiston. So the whole week we kept seeing him. I was like super excited just to see him, but obviously I was focused on my fight. So the fight goes, it goes perfectly, magic, you know, it was just a beautiful night, got my black belt, and so we're coming home at like four in the morning, we went out, we went out to have have drinks, we went out and got all this pizza and stuff after, our elevator to our hotel, we go back to our hotel, take the elevator up, again, it's like four in the morning, our door opens, and across the hall, Rashad Evans, like the, the elevator door opens, and Rashad Evans is right there standing across from me, so we got to talk right then, um, my my fiance went to bed right there because she knew we were going to like talk for a while. And I got to talk to him for like 20, 30 minutes where we were showing each other different techniques. He was really 
teaching me a bunch of cool stuff. Like he knew the stuff that I knew, of course. Uh, he's a legend, and uh, it was just so cool. Like I find myself the night of my UFC fight, I got my black belt, I got my UFC win, and now I'm just like like wrestling with Rashad Evans in our hotel room. It was it was awesome. <laughs> Definitely, it's he seems like Rashad Evans is one of the you know so called good guys in the yeah. in the sport, right? Yeah, I think so. And he's also, uh, you know, Hall of Famer, uh, you know, former world champion. He's actually in great shape right now. He talked a lot about how he was, uh, you know, he leaned down quite a bit and, and is in really good shape now still. You started your journey as a white belt around nine years ago. Did you have a set timeline? Like, I'm going to achieve my black belt within these many years or it, did you just go with the flow? Uh, yeah. So I always, I want, I always wanted to, you know, I always heard stories about like BJ Penn and guys like that who got it like ridiculously fast. I knew starting at, at 20 years old. So I started, uh, basically started in like 2010 when I was 20, uh, or 21 years old. Um, I always, I wanted to get it before I wanted to basically get it in under or 10 years or under because I was also doing Muay Thai and boxing and wrestling and, you know, doing basically everything else to be a complete fighter. So my goal was to get it. I would always tell myself, and I would actually write it down. I want to get it before, before, uh, or when I turn thirty, or like at thirty years old. And it was pretty crazy how it worked. So I had some bad injuries right towards the end. I had a you know a torn torn ACL and a broken hand. Um, and I actually got it a day before my thirty first birthday. So I basically still got it when I was thirty. Um, you know, but I wanted to get it like before I was thirty. But technically, I got it when I was 30 still. So it was still like one of those things that like, maybe I worded the goal a little differently and, uh, but it worked out. Like it was literally a day before I turned 31, I was still 30 years old. So to me, that was a, a big accomplishment for me to, to get it uh, year 30. Definitely. Um, your upcoming fight, Lincoln, Nebraska, your opponent, Gavin Tucker, he's coming off a win, but he's been pretty inactive the last couple of years. When you watch some of his fights, what is your assessment? Yeah, well, first thing, um, I don't know. I'm, I'm hoping to still fight Gavin, mm. and I'm hoping to still fight April 25th. I don't know how it's going to happen if, you know, I, he's from Canada. So I don't know what's going on with, like, the border restrictions or what. But I'm I'm, I'm just assuming that we're still fighting. I, I, I think I'm still fighting someone uh, maybe in April or May. Um, so what I take from him is, yeah, that he um, he's really good striker. He's a good fighter. He's a good overall fighter. Uh, you got to take, um, you know, basically from his last two fights, you got to kind of take his last fight um, and, and kind of look at that as what you're going to get because I think he got a lot better in the last couple of years after he came off of that Rick Glenn loss. Um, so, yeah, I think he's a tough fighter. I think, man, there's going to be fireworks when we do fight. You know, he's 11-1. and one, I'm 13-2, and two, and we have almost all finishes. Um, he's never been finished. I've only been finished once. Um, you know, I've only been finished once in you know, almost 30 fights now, counting my amateur fights. So it's just going to be fireworks when it happens. Hopefully, you know, we can figure everything out. I don't want to go against, like, you know, the government and other people that they're saying that we can't do it. But uh, I'm also a team player for the UFC. Um, I want to get paid. I want to get paid to fight. I was ready. I, you know, I was already halfway through training camp. And uh, so, you know, whether it's uh, April 25th or in um, – or, or may or whenever I'm, I'm going to be ready to fight whoever they whoever they want me to fight yeah i think that's the attitude that you need to have for these next coming months because you don't yeah. know what's going to happen but at least the event is in the u.s where you live instead of yeah. let's say in in dublin or, or or in russia or something yeah. right 
Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm. I do like that it's in um, it's here in here in the states. I am a little worried though, since my opponent is from a different country. Um, you know, my first fight in the UFC, I was supposed to fight Chris Fishgold, but he was from England, and uh, you know, about a week a week to ten days before the fight, that's when he had to can- he had to cancel it because he had he had visa issues. So I don't know if that was you know really what happened, but it's it it definitely makes things a little more complicated when people are coming in from different countries, especially right now with this uh, with this pandemic going. No matter where you fight, it most likely will be an empty arena. But you have experience with that tough yeah, yeah. contender series. Yes, and and then you also have the other you have the flip side of you have the experience of actually fighting in the UFC with the full crowd. What can you explain the differences? Yeah, it's definitely different. So not only did um, I fight on you know with an empty arena uh, at the contender series, I fought on the uh, the Ultimate Fighter too. So I'm used to. I've had three big fights where um, it was pretty much a, a empty studio audience with all three times Dana White was there too, which is pretty cool. Dana White and like you know the first couple, the Fertitta brothers were there, the Fertittas were there, and all those guys. Um, so it's a lot different. It's a lot different because you can hear, you know, you can just hear everything. You can hear, you can hear just the corner guys, you know, both teams. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's just a totally different vibe, you know, a vibe that like the U my UFC debut, I felt like I was walking out. It was almost like a big party and I knew it was going to be violent and, and, you know, you never know what, what could happen out there, but it just seemed like way more high energy where the, the small crowd fights, it's it's just more like dynamic and uh, it, there's just like a different type of intensity to it. The sounds make a huge difference because at a regular event you got the crowd mm-hmm. overshadowing everything, right? There the noise that the crowd makes, but then with no crowd, your coaches and and the movement in the octagon in the cage, that's what everybody's focusing on. Does it kind of get to people's heads? You think some people thrive in one compared to the other, right? Yeah. Yeah. Some people, some people are, um, you know, completely okay with it. It's, uh, to some people, like for me, it kind of like the contender series fight, especially like the last one. Um, it, it almost felt like I was in my gym. You know what I mean? Like I felt like I was like, all right, you know, they're showing Uriah Faber, he, the Uriah Faber and Dana White and all these guys. But, you know, I've been training at a gym before where there's been 20, 30 people, whether they're training or watching, watching. So it kind of feels like that. But then there's also that reality of like, you know, you're in there with a killer and it's like dead quiet. So um, I, I like the UFC environment better. I like that big crowd. You know, I got into the sport to to fight in front of millions of people. But I think these uh, these next few cards the UFC are going to have, whether it's in May or hopefully end of April or May, um, they're going to be some big cards and they're going to get so many views and so many people watching them. The champ. In the, of the featherweight division, Alex Volkanovsky. He's looking to face Max Holloway again. What did you yeah. think of the first fight? Um, it was. I thought it was a great fight. I think it's um, you know, two guys uh, displaying um, the highest level of MMA. Um, I think Volkanovsky did win a split, like a close fight. I know a lot of people. When I watched it, I kind of thought. Um, I thought Max won. I thought Max won the first time I watched it. But I'm also a Max Holloway fan, and I was kind of rooting for him. Um, <clears throat> And, you know, like when you're watching, you think, you know, the champs should, you know, those close rounds that you'd kind of, you'd kind of give to the champion. But if you take that out of there, overall, I think Volkanovski did enough to win, to win the fight, you know, win the decision. Um, it's going to, I think it's going to, the rematch is going to be great. I can, I can see Mac coming back and winning, you know, he's been, he's been through some tough fights before and, and come back and looked even better. Um, and he's a stud. Both guys are, are really good fighters. 
this whole, uh, you know, pandemic, this whole coronavirus thing, I think is going to mix up a lot of, uh, a lot of the people. Cause some people aren't really training right now. Some people still are training. Um, and I know how it goes when you take a couple of months off training, uh, you're, you're different, you know, your, your timing's off a little bit and, uh, it's something you got to adjust to. I think a lot of people are going to have to make that adjustment in these next upcoming months. So should they go with the rematch or should Volkanovski face a new face like the, the Korean zombie or, or Zabit? No, no, I think he should. I think he should have to rematch, or I think he should have to rematch Max Holloway. I think it was close enough where, um, you know, some people gave it to Max Holloway. You could, you know, almost, it's hard to score leg kicks against punches. So I think Max Holloway deserved, he did enough to deserve an immediate rematch, especially with him going up to 55 and doing all that other stuff. I think he deserves an automatic rematch if he wanted, if he wants it, which I believe he does. Um, and then, you also got, you know, Brian Ortega and the Korean Zombie matched up for like that second position. So I think it's going to be really interesting. Then, of course, you got my boy Ryan Hall. He's the dark horse of the division. No one wants to fight him. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see uh, how these next uh, few months play out and to see how the top of the division plays out. I got a couple more wins and then I can start, you know, getting involved in those talks. But, uh, you know, I'm excited for the future of this division. It's good that you're watching it, though. You know, some guys, they don't pay attention to it. They're just like, I'm just fighting, right? But to be up there, you got to know what's up there, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah, that's that's something that I hear people say all the time. Like, I'll hear, like, amateur fighters or I'll hear other pro fighters. They're like, oh, man, I want to, like, I want to get signed to the UFC. I want this. I want that. It's like, all right, you're going to get signed to the UFC. But guess what? Now you're going to fight a killer, you know, Mm -hmm. and you're not making that much money. And this guy is a murderer and he's going to try to kill you. Um, you know, and there's been definitely fights. I've seen guys that have to get surgery after and have to be out for a year. And, uh, some of these guys, they act like they want these fights, but they don't. So I, you know, I need to be ready. I've watched these guys. I know how I match up. I would fight Max Holloway or Volkanovski tomorrow. If they offered it to me, I'd fight Tony Ferguson if they offered it to me, you know? So that's the type of confidence you have to have as a fighter. Um, you know, I didn't come this far to, you know, to, to wait around and not make a name for myself. I want to, you know, climb the rankings. And uh, that's why this, you know, this pandemic, this break right now is, is upsetting to a lot of people because, you know, they're, they're goal oriented, but it's something that we have to do for the public. And if if we got to stay away, we got to, we got to do what's right. And then uh, put on some shows when it's over. Yeah. A perfect example of being, always being ready is the, the Joe Soto versus TJ Dillashaw fight when he stepped in on that day's notice. Cause you never know when that opportunity is going to come. And if you're not preparing to fight one of the the killers, one of the top of the division, uh, the champion, then you're not going to be ready, and uh, and it's just going to be a, a bad result for yourself. Now, you're a coach for amateur team. You need to yep. set an example for a lot of the younger guys and girls. When you see a situation like John Jones, what is running through your mind? Oof, jeez, yeah, that's um, yeah, it's hard. It's it's um, it's definitely a different situation. Um, you know, I'll I'll, I'll tell the amateur fighters. You know, I've been telling them that since they all started with me, that you got to be really careful because you're in the public eye now. You know, the things that you do out there are going to set an example for everyone, you know. So you got to you gotta be on your best behavior. The problem is with John is he's so successful. And it's it's you see it with other people where, like, I can't even imagine what that's like to have just millions and millions and millions of dollars, have to have that, have to have that popularity. Um, and he's, he's, he's always just had, you know, that little troubling past. And um, it's 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 hard. He definitely needs a little bit. He needs some some more guidance. Um, and uh, yeah, it's it's a it's a tough situation. I don't know how how 
how people around him can handle him because they've had so much success in the cage. But, you know, to have all these problems outside of the cage, it's really upsetting to see, you know, because I would consider him, you know, without all this stuff on the side, probably the best fighter that we've ever seen. Oh, that that is definitely a very true statement. Yeah. Now, when you have a guy that might be battling demons, what, what, what can you do for that fighter? Yeah, it's tough, and it's 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 really tough, and it, it seems like with John, it's been around him for year for his whole career now. You know, and even in the past, you know, you heard stories about him in college doing certain things that you know kind of raised some eyebrows. But again, he's so successful in the cage, and he's got the same work ethic. So it's I'm sure they're having a hard time with it because because of that. You know, if he was if he was losing all these fights and he wasn't really successful, it'd be a whole different different subject. But, yeah, the, the, all you can do is kind of just pray for him, just kind of show him the ropes and, you know, show him examples of that. Like, I can show the fighters examples of guys like John Jones or you look at the other side, like guys like George St. Pierre, who, you know, he didn't have to talk all the trash and he didn't have the outside of the cage incidents, really, you know. Um, so, yeah, it's tough. At, at the end of the day, you know, fighters got to deal with a lot of that stuff on their own, which is unfortunate. Um and, and what we can do is try to give them the guidance in the ring and, and in the cage and try to help them with their technique and, you know, do as, do as much as we can. But at the end of the day, it's on, it's on John Jones. Yeah, it almost, I almost feel like if Rashad Evans never left uh, Jackson Wink, this might not have ever happened. You know what I mean? Because Rashad, he's like one of those yeah, examples in MMA, right? Yeah, he's a great example of someone who just, you know, did it the right way, you know, avoided trouble. And knowing what I know about Rashad, he grew up in an area where there's not like, it's not like super popular, you know, people aren't like super, super, super successful in, in like athletics, like, like John Jones is able to do, or, or I'm sorry, Rashad Evans and John Jones grew up a little bit North of there. He actually grew up in, in uh, upstate New York as well. So, uh, yeah, it's a, I don't, yeah, I don't know, man. It's a, it's a tough situation. It seems like he kind of got out of this one. He seems like uh, he's he got like house arrest, I heard. So uh, he'll be back. Who knows what's going to happen? But, uh, you know, right now we get the, the MMA community has got enough to deal with that, you know, it is what it is. John, John, me and John. Yeah, we're all on house arrest. Uh, anyways, yeah, uh, exactly. <laughs> anyways uh, hopefully April 25th, you go to Lincoln, Nebraska, yeah. get to fight, you know, get a chance to get a bonus, get a chance to perform, get a chance to entertain. Um, Billy, before I let you go, man, I appreciate you supporting the MMA media, you know, when of Dana course, White man, came I out. Thanks, man. <laughs> I appreciate you having me, man. Yeah, I'll do interviews with all you guys. You know, I'm on, I'm on house arrest too. So, you know, I'm in my little office room. Hopefully we'll be in our new house within a few days here. So I'll get a new, uh, maybe I'll get a little uh, studio room like what you got over there. <laughs> <laughs>